because somehow the for whatever reason the wire or the amplifier or whatever it is but we kind of got it fixed and uh, now we have these boxes and I have to say tonight very well done Isaac excellent excellent I am I am very proud of this young man for the development and what he has become and so um, um, it's 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 a it's a real blessing and 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 I tell you what beloved that's that's the blessing of serving God and so I, I all this while I couldn't really hear him I knew he was playing in the shadows but tonight I could hear him and I'm like bro this guy's got it down packed he's pretty good and so uh, but as as you know as as you know this young man begins to do that uh, improve and continue to move on I thank God for the worship team I thank God for each and every one of you tonight I'm grateful uh, for your faithfulness I'm grateful for your giving uh, tonight I want to uh, uh, once again, we go back into the series tonight. And tonight, Red Heart Bonky is going to be speaking about uh, miracles and the miraculous tonight. And uh, this is uh, uh, very personal. As I've told you last week and even in the weeks past, uh, or rather last week, uh, one of the reasons why I was so driven with the life of Reinhard Bonky is because the the commentators begin to make this clear. They said a man who was marked with integrity, a shining example of what God can do with a man who is consecrated to Him. And this is why I say to you, uh, this man is a powerful example of what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. And I'm asking you, I'm praying that as you're reading the book of Acts, you're seeing what the book of Acts uh, begins to bring out to us in life and in personal uh, uh, growth. I challenge you to desire that very same thing, contend and strive to be used by the Holy Spirit because there's something unique about the Holy Spirit and just like we felt this morning and I'm, and I'm believing that even tonight we're going to feel and we're going to experience the power of God to heal minds, to heal lives tonight. But I want to encourage you, lock your hearts in, lock your hearts and your minds in tonight and allow God to speak to you and, uh, and as you allow that to happen, let's go ahead and let's play uh, the video tonight in this place. Amen. God does not guarantee us everlastingly calm seas and prosperous voyages. Even the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked 
three times. Many people feel disillusioned about this very thing. They do what is right and suffer for it. But we need not worry. The trouble which comes when God puts us where he wants us is a miracle in the making. A miracle? Just a rare event of such great magnitude that it silences critics? Many people don't recognize a miracle when they see one. Christ fed the multitude of a boy's lunch basket and then the wise and learned demanded that he show them a miracle. Jesus said that people would not believe even if someone would rise from the dead. The carnal mind is too dulled to receive the things of God, but sharp enough to rationalize all the works of God. Miracle in scripture is a simple word meaning a work of power, just that. It is not the absurd magic of Roman myth which our word miracle really signifies. Miracles are things all believers should experience constantly the power of God at work in our lives 365 miracle packed days every year 366 in a leap year we don't appreciate how divine some events are God conceals his hand he does not sound a trumpet before him when he makes the grass grow or when he works for us too often we hear Christians relating what the devil has done as if the devil was more active than the Lord. Maybe Satan's style is more showy to impress us, but God goes to the heart of the matter, which is to satisfy his heart of love. Why is it that so many good Christians never personally experience the miracle working power of God in their lives? They sit so faithfully in their seats at church, listening to the best preachers, even weeping, praying and confessing, Lord, I believe. They hear the word and believe it. Then what? They just sit there waiting for Jesus to do something, praying, Lord, send the power, and he passes by their boats. In all my years of ministry, there is one thing I have learned. Mm -hmm. If we want things to happen, we must get out of our boats and move in line with Jesus walking the waves. He is calling us. He doesn't say, hold tight, 
I'll soon come across and be with you in the boat. He says, come. What? On the water? Yes, that is where the miracles happen. Mm -hmm. To see God in action, we must be in action ourselves, whether we rock the boat or not. Don't worry about the doubters whom we may disturb. If we are comfortably settled in unchallenging company where there is no real obedience of faith, then we must jump over the side, right over human opinion, and make for Jesus out there in the miracle waters. Obedience puts the plug in and the power begins to work. It is the final connection. Remember what Smith Wigglesworth told an old conventional doubting clergyman. The Acts of the Apostles was written because the Apostles acted. Mm. With the anointing, initiative is needed. Mm. Jump. We shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. As I have said before, Christianity is a miracle religion, or it is nothing. Mm. Its most fundamental tenet is the resurrection. If it never was, then our faith, all of it, is vain. If it is true, then other miracles are not only feasible, but likely. Mm -hmm. A miracle in modern minds isn't always what the Bible means. God will not square a circle or deny himself or make men free and stop them from doing evil at the same time. God is not in charge of absurdities, but impossibilities. Jesus was very precise saying that that which is impossible to man is possible to God. A miracle is not an impossibility to God, but an impossibility to man, something only God can do. Regarding the power to work miracles, we are not water reservoirs. A better picture is a water tap. A water tap does not possess water. It only releases it. That is all we do. As we proclaim the word of God, we dispense rivers of living waters from the master's reservoir. Now listen to this. I pray you will never forget this. The man everlastingly seeking God's will gets run over 
by the man doing it. Putting out fleeces all the time can be the devil's way of fleecing us. If Jesus said, go, why should he have to repeat it to you again? Are you so special? God has a most unusual calendar. It is for 1,000 years, but it has only one day on it. It is called today. God is a now God. When the Jews came back from captivity and had no temple, they made excuses and said that according to prophecy, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. The Lord rebuked them through Haggai and said that they could not expect to prosper until they did what obviously needed to be done. People think they will work for God when revival comes, but otherwise it is not much use. But revivals begin when somebody decides to do some witnessing and evangelizing. There's never been a revival yet that came any other way but by somebody acting. Anybody can believe God when things are happening and half the nation is being born again. But in this wicked world, if we wait until conditions are better, revival will never come. Some say, I will go when the Holy Spirit moves me. The trouble is that the Holy Spirit can't move them. They say, I've not been called. Listen. If you have been anointed, the world lies before you. It is your parish. Is nothing happening in your area? Then now is the time to start things happening. You can gamble on God's help. God is looking for initiative, boldness, enterprise, and imagination. People are beseeching God for more and more power, but they are not doing much with the power they have. It is time to formulate plans to go to the brook, to pick out five smooth stones and to tackle the giant. It is time to go to Samaria as Philip did. Not even the apostles had been there but Philip saw signs and wonders. The man of bold faith takes the city by the power of God. 
If you don't want to lose, let your faith loose and release the Holy Spirit. This is the victory, even your faith. All Christian witness aims to do two things, to speak of things that are real and to demonstrate them. The more I read John's gospel, the clearer those aims become. Preaching the gospel makes the gospel happen. The gospel is a news creator. You preach the good news and good news happens. John talks a great deal about water, as we shall see. Water is described chemically as H2O, two parts of hydrogen and one part oxygen, two gases. Mix them together in a container and all you get is gas. The gases are invisible and it is almost possible to believe they are not there. Many think that this is what preaching is. Mm -hmm. Talk, hot air, gas. <laughs> we talk about things that unbelieving people cannot see and which they don't think of as being real. Mm -hmm. Now, apply an electric spark to your mixture of hydrogen and oxygen. The gases immediately explode and become water. The invisible becomes visible, real. That is how it happens with preaching. You can present the gospel truths talking until you are blue in the face, but without the touch of the Holy Spirit, these glorious truths will remain hidden, unreal, incomprehensible to unbelievers. The Holy Spirit provides the spark that ignites your words and the gospel suddenly becomes the water of life. But the gospel has no power to change lives until you preach it. Then, with the assistance from the Spirit of God, the gospel becomes the power of God unto salvation. Now we come to four kingdom principles of great significance for all Christian work. The first one is, Jesus can only be what you preach him to be. Jesus waits for us to say what he is. Preach him as the Savior and he saves. If you don't, he can't. Preach him as a healer. And he heals. If you don't, he won't. Preach him as a forgiver or as the giver of peace. 
then he can be these things to those who hear. Preach the gospel and the gospel happens. Genesis 18. He does more than that. Jesus said, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Amen. Now, here is point number three. God works according to the scale we employ. Our measure of work is his measure. Consider the widow who had a jar of oil. Elisha told her to get as many vessels as she could. She begged and borrowed vessels and filled them all until there were no more. God can fill as many vessels as we bring to him. He can save as many souls and heal as many bodies as we give him the chance to save and to heal. We can have a parish outlook or a world outlook. And now the last point, number four. James says, every good gift comes from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. As the New King James Version puts it, God does not change like shifting shadows. The sun causes a shadow as it turns, and the shadow moves. 
You see it on the sundial, which is how it keeps time. When there is no shadow, the sun is directly overhead at its zenith. God never casts a shadow at all because he is always at the zenith and he never shifts from that perfect position. The light of God is ceaseless, not temporary, and always fully radiant. The Spirit of God is not flickering uncertainly around our lives. He abides with us. We can walk in confidence knowing that Jesus has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. In conclusion, if you will declare his whole word, his whole counsel without taking out selected texts as outside our current dispensation, then you have a supernatural God on your hands. Remember, preach the gospel and the gospel happens. When Jesus sees People in life danger. The arm of the Lord extends. He reaches across the boiling sea. He grips those people, lifts those people, pulls them over, looks into their eyes, and says to them, Because I live, you shall live also. Remember, God is with you as much as he is with anyone else. Just preach the gospel, and the gospel happens. platform on which God begins to function and allow His church to exist and experience His power. We know that in the book of Matthew, I just want to draw your attention for a few moments as we bring this down tonight and we pray. In Matthew 14, 22 to, 20, 22 to 23, there's the story of Jesus who is standing in the boat and he sees and he looks out the boat and there he finds this young, sorry, uh, uh, Peter and the other disciples are standing. And as they look out the boat, they see Jesus walking on water. And we know the story mentions to us that at first they assumed that this was a ghost. That somehow this was someone who was coming towards them to defile or to hurt them. But as they saw in the, uh, into the abyss, they saw that it was Jesus who was walking towards them. And how did they identify this? 
simply because when Jesus was getting closer, Jesus simply said, get out of the boat. And that challenge is always present to the believer. I've never seen, beloved, in all my years of ministry, as Reinhard Bonnke so aptly mentioned, it is always in the troubles that we face in life that God is ready to pour out a miracle. It is always in those settings and I realize that some of the most powerful instances that I have seen God move in the supernatural is when we were willing to take a risk and say, let's do something. Just like going on an outreach. It's amazing to me that this generation needs constant pushing. There is a lack of initiative. There is a lack of push that you know what? The church needs to grow. People need to know the Lord. People need to know Jesus and I need to do something about it. It seems like the Christian world is about comfort me, pastor. Counsel me. Help me. Do this for me. Do that for me. And we can see the world around us and will we be challenged to say you know what i need to step out i need to do something i need to be a risk taker i can't sit around i can't just say you know what oh when i'm comfortable when i have it all together beloved i declare to you in the miracles that we have seen in the past it has always transpired in our willingness to take risks for god how many times have we emptied our bank account? How many times have we decided to say, God, you know what? We're just going to trust you. And in those moments is where God moved in miracle signs and wonders. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit that, that lives in us will never, don't tell me you have the Holy Spirit if you and I don't feel challenged to do anything for God. If there's no challenge in us, without being told, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's so amazing that the culture today needs to be pushed. No initiative. No, 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 you know, just, you know what, I, I need to do something. How many times in the, in the church, we took steps of faith. We went out. We evangelized. We took speakers. We took mics, just my wife and I, just to go and preach on the street corners and to tell people about Jesus. How many times people have gotten saved from that? How many times people have made decisions to come into the kingdom for that? And I'm declaring to you, it all starts with stepping out of the boat. The Holy Spirit in us, beloved, will never let us sit passively as a Christian. The Holy Spirit in us will challenge us to be radical for God. And so tonight, I believe I'm speaking to a matured crowd. I believe I'm speaking to a crowd who have been Christians for some time. Can I ask you tonight, beloved, are we convinced that the only thing God wants to do is bless us and prosper us? 
Are we convinced that the only thing God wants to do is give us increase in wealth and finances? Are we convinced that the only thing God wants to do for us is bless our jobs and all that we do in the material world? Have we forgot that the reason He saved us is so that the world can get saved? Have we forgot that the world is dying and just like Reinhard Bonnke said, we need to preach the gospel. We need to preach, we need to declare, we need to bring that word in due season outside these four walls. People need to know how sad, beloved, that the church can go on for one year without evangelizing and we feel nothing about it. How sad. I'm convinced, church, that the passivity of our, of our generation today has to do with the prosperity of our generation today. Because we're so blessed, we don't think we need God. We're so comfortable. We're growing fatter. <laughs> eating and eating and eating and eating. I told my wife, yesterday, I said, how convicting all we seem to ever care about in this generation is going to a nice restaurant, sitting down, having a tetare, talking, chatting, and people are dying and going to hell. Who's going to reach out to them? Who's going to share the gospel with them? So the challenge tonight, beloved, is will you step out? I have made a decision and I'll go on record and I'll tell you, I have gone back on reverse to pioneer this church again. What do you mean, Pastor? I decided to start from scratch and do everything again because I'm tired. I'm praying, God, give me someone who can share my heart. Give me someone who carries my burden. And I said, God, you know what? It looks like I just have to keep doing it. But I will do it until I breathe my last. I will pursue it because I tell you what, I'm not going to let this church die. I want to see God build this work. And my wife and I have made that decision. We said, you know what? No one wants to outreach. We will do it. No one wants to clean up. We will do it. No one wants to sort things out. We will do it. No one wants to share the gospel. We will do it. We will do it. We will do it. We will do it. Because I want to step out of the boat. I want to take initiative. And I want to pursue the will of God. When the Holy Spirit is truly residing in you, you cannot sit passively. There's a world dying church. If you go to Sunway College, do you know how many students walk in and out of that college every day between 8 to 11 o'clock? Every day. Every day. If you just took a trip down to SS15, if you took down a trip down to the market at USJ 11 in the mornings at 7, do you know how many people walk past that market? Have we really nothing, no one to reach? The Holy Spirit, when it's in you, when it lives in you, 
when it resides in you, it will compel you to do more for God. And so I'm convinced tonight, as I look around my life, I realize that the greatest decision I've ever made in life is when I've willingly taken a risk for God. And that's my challenge to you tonight. That you would be a man or a woman that will take a risk for God. I don't want to push people. Go on and outreach. You do it. Come on. Reach out to someone. I don't want to push people. Oh, this needs to be, that needs to be. You can see. And I challenge you tonight. It comes with stepping out. So tonight we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God to fill us with a spirit that will strive. That will say, God, you know what? I'm not going to be passive, God. I'm not going to remain this way. I want you to fill me with a dose of your spirit tonight. That will empower me to rise up and do something for you. I want to preach your word. I want to get involved. I want to do everything I can to find anything that is available for me to do. I want to avail myself. I want to risk God. I'm tired of being passive. I'm tired of living the, the ordinary life. Listen, beloved. You know, it was so exciting and joyous when we gave our all to God, when we did the renovation in church. You know, beloved, I know there are people who gave and people who invested into that but can I tell you my wife and I gave it all we, ex we, we emptied our bank account we went months with, with shortage but I tell you it was the greatest joy in our lives why? because when you begin to step out you simply tell God, God, you know what? I cannot rely on my own strength anymore. You need to do something. And when we saw God move, it brought great joy in our hearts. And that's my challenge to you tonight. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. You cannot stay mediocre. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you need to step out. So tonight we're going to pray. We're going to challenge and we're going to ask God tonight to fill us. I'm not going to push anyone tonight. But I'll tell you, like what Reinhard Bonnke says, if you want revival, you better work like you want revival. Don't say, oh, when revival comes, I'll get involved. No, 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 no. You start right now. You start coming to church like you want revival. You start praying like you want revival. You start giving yourself to God like you want revival. And I'll tell you what God will do. He will give us revival. He will send us revival. He will give us increase. I'm amazed at the number of people who often say, Oh, why the church so small? I re <laughs> Nowadays, I just ask, have you, have you invited someone to church? <laughs> when was the last you told someone about Jesus? I know we like to pinpoint, but when did you last labor for the church? When did you last bring someone to church? When did you last bring someone, pick them up or encourage them and tell them, hey bro, you know what, you, you need Jesus in your life, you need to come to church. When was the last you took a risk and witnessed to someone and said, you know what, this may cause my relationship with them, but they need to know Jesus. When was the last, beloved? And so my challenge tonight as we bring this down, I wanted to just share some of the personal stories and also encourage you, reminding you that, beloved, it is in the 
risk-taking that God begins to move. It is in the risk-taker's heart. It is the man or the woman who will say, you know what? I told my wife, in fact, last Tuesday, I was going to put a speaker out there and I was going to just preach the gospel out there. I'm, I'm tired of this passivity. Sick of it. Sick of it. Just waiting, 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 waiting when the time is right. Enough is enough. Take me to jail if you have to. I want to preach the gospel. Tired of this passivity. I think when they took risks for God, revival broke out. Revival broke out. Give me men that have that kind of boldness. And I challenge you, beloved. We will turn the world upside down. When I came to church last Tuesday, I told my wife, I said, you have to hold me accountable. I want to do that. We came in and there were some problems with the sound. We couldn't do anything. This morning we came in, there were some issues. We were trying to organize. We couldn't do anything. Tonight we were trying and just couldn't. I just want to go out there and preach, tell people about Jesus. But who will partner with me? Let's go back to pioneering. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I mean, you know what? We just got to start from scratch. But who will do it? Who will join and link hard and say, let's risk it, pastor. Let's go out on the streets. Let's evangelize. Let's tell people about Jesus. They wonder what they want to do to us. Let them do. Because I'll tell you what, the mockers will still stay a mocker irregardless of what happens. People who don't want to do anything for God will still remain not doing anything. They will always find the excuse, you know, right? They'll say, oh, you know, you're so dangerous. Oh, is this, is that. Come on, let's do something. It's time we step out. It's time we make our decisions. It's time that we step out like Reinhard Bonnke and say, you know what, whatever the situation is, we're going to go out there and preach the gospel. Enough is enough. I'm not going to stay passive anymore. And I think that's where revival starts. When everyone takes responsibility. I'm not a fool, beloved. I'm not going to tell the church to go out and get caught. But I'll tell you something. Everyone needs to have responsibility to evangelism. And do something for God. And I want to challenge you to do that. And so I want you to stand. We're going to sing the song of worship tonight. We're going to sing out to God tonight in this place. And we want to invite the Holy Spirit to help us tonight. I want to challenge you. One of the things, one of the things that really, really begin to 